Welcome everybody to the Canberra Football Show, episode 24. Very back to be very glad to be back. Second round, just as exciting for me as it was the first round. Um, here joining me today is Michael Georgeski, as always, and Jeremy will be joining us for the MPLW part. Michael, how are you today? Yeah, good. Thanks, Matt. Um, another another weekend of football action across the uh, Canberra region, which is uh, which is great. Um, a lot of a lot of games, uh, and I'm sure as we'll touch on um, as we're sort of reviewing. Uh, round two, there were actually some quality goals as well that was uh, shared around uh, social media. Um, so, I mean, we'll get into those a little bit further, but there were some uh, some cracking goals um, over the over the weekend uh, with all the action that uh, that took place. Um, I had my first game of the season as yeah, well. Yeah, I was actually about to say, are we going to discuss <laughs> state league this season? Yeah. Here we and, go. Um, yeah. So, what, what's the give us the laydown, Michael? It was, it was it. What we experienced for the first game was just pinnacle state league. It was peak state league in terms of right when we were trying to prepare um, for the game. So we had our first game of the season was at home. So obviously we had to organize like the the nets and and the flags and set up the field and and whatnot. Um, we didn't have a printed match card, so um, I had to get the the physical copy and write everyone's names down ffa numbers and shirt numbers and i didn't have like a flat surface to write any of that on so like it was just jaded writing um and that took about like 10 minutes or so um and then the the problems only just continued to go further in terms of we weren't able to um unlock our uh storage room to get the nets and the flags out um turns out the combination had been changed on the lock um, before the first game so we tried getting some bolt cutters to to cut the store the um storage room door open. Uh, it didn't work, and then the referee rocks up about ten minutes before kickoff, um, and he's he's obviously rocked up and seen that there's no nets and flags, and we've had to just tell him that we uh, we couldn't open the storeroom. Um, and one of the org- other organizers at our clubs, he wasn't answering his phone, so we weren't able to get a hold of him. Uh, so we ended up playing the whole game without nets or, um, or flags. We had to symbolize the, the corners of the field with like bibs. Um, but we ended up winning three, one. So, um, look, so it was all worth not it. ideal preparation, uh, Matt, but we, we got the win in the end. That, that's, that's what matters. Oh. <laughs> you you oh, have to make do with, uh, whatever obstacles may arise. And we, we overcame those hurdles. Well, it's safe to, it's safe to say your stately team doesn't have the organization of a certain MPL2 club that I want to mention here, but a yep. special mention before we uh, get straight into it. Mm-hmm. Um, ANU just broke the news about two hours ago that they're pleased to announce that they've joined the, they're going to, that they're going to break away from MPL uh, ACT or Australian competition and join the likes of the European heavyweights and the European Super League. Their announcement, they're going to join Milan, Chelsea, Barcelona, Liverpool, Man City, Man United, Real Madrid, <laughs> as well as their words, not mine, European Minnows Liverpool in forming the <laughs> inaugural European Super League. This new competition will see European com- football return to the Willows for the first time since May 16th, 2015, when the students defeated O'Connor Knights 5-2 in front of a stellar crowd of 26,352 ducks. When asked whether the condition of Willow's Oval will hamper the students' performance against such quality opposition, ANUFC Vice President Lockie Bayless said, 
We've been skinning knees and breaking ankles at Willow since 2010. Tottenham would be wise to leave Sonny at home or, or else have the ambulance on standby. Please note if you're a representative of European Clubs Association, the ECA, mm-hmm. uh, the club is in a meeting indefinitely and, cons- and consequently are unavailable for a Zoom call this time. Please leave a message at the ANU <laughs> Sport Reception. And they left a pretty good uh, picture with it. So I just want to congratulate ANU. It's been a pleasure covering them oh. since last year. Um, it's glad to see that they've been they've, able they've to join the away. elite because I heard yeah. there's a lot of European clubs that weren't even able to join the elite. I guess uh, ANU's reach of being in the top, uh, you know, one or two or three universities over the last 15 years is a, uh, allowed them to, you know, enter this elite group run by Perez and Agnelli and Glazer. Yeah, I think, um, you know, they've obviously worked very hard and obviously the news um, broke uh, today, obviously uh, surrounding the the Super League. Um, it's definitely been um, a whirlwind day in terms of seeing that news break and the, and the backlash that that's received. But I mean... Look, congratulations to ANU. I can't wait to see them um, playing the in the Super League. Thoroughly deserved. Uh, there'll be a good representation of Canberra, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, I, just to, I just want to say quality banter and uh, <laughs> um, Luke Santolin and Ugali Football Club, you now have some competition for the most banterous uh, Facebook page mm. in the MPL too. That's right. No, right that's... I, think that's our, I think that's our preview video for the week right there. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, we could do a whole sort of podcast or segment <laughs> on the news that broke today surrounding the Super League, but I think we'd break into a fury, I'm sure. So we'll, we'll keep a lock on that and um, stick to, you know, uh, Canberra football. Yes, and talking about Canberra football, Michael, let's get straight into it. What is the first matchup of MPL 1 this week? Yeah, so we had uh, Canberra Olympic um, up against uh, Belcon and United. Uh, Canberra Olympic, I mean, for... The first two games of the season, they've been fantastic. How are they, Matt? They, they picked up a 3-0 win uh, at home to Belcon and United. Uh, goals from, uh, well, two goals from Crawford and Ihegi in the 94th minute. Uh, so it looked like it was a cagey affair right up until just after the hour mark where uh, Canberra Olympic broke away with those three unanswered goals. Uh, so, Matt, uh, like I touched on, uh, they've been fantastic to start this 2021 uh, campaign. Uh, let's uh, get into it. How, how, how did uh, how did Canberra Olympic uh, perform considering, you know, they were coming off the back of that fantastic win against uh, Monaro in the first game of the season. They've only gone and backed it up against uh, Belcon and United. Yeah, look, Canberra Olympic are on cloud nine at the moment after another fantastic victory. Uh, I was there commentating with Russ on this one. Uh, Russ, well, the, um, they were that busy at the uh, O'Connor in close. I think they had their gala day. Every team played on there. That by the time we got there, there was no no hot food, no souvlaki, all sold out. So uh, I'm going to have to shout Russ some souvlaki another time. That's yeah. how busy it was. So congrats to them on their uh, clearly successful gala day. But just in general, it was such a cagey affair. I think I predicted a draw last week. And to be fair, for 60 minutes until that first goal from Crawford, I thought, I thought to some people after the game from both oppositions and they thought, yeah, look, I until that first goal, I thought it was going to be a deadlock. It just had all the makings of a deadlock. It was tit for tat. Every team, it just it just seemed like no one was going to break each other down. It was just that close. Um, and then uh, naturally, I think, when a match is that close and there's that much of a deadlock, the only way the narrative flows, uh, the uh, that the only way the floodgates are going to open is if someone makes a mistake. 
Unfortunately for Jordan Fertel, it was a very uncharacteristic mistake where he um, tried to clear the ball out and he accidentally kicked it to Crawford, who I believe it was Crawford that uh, gained the ball because uh, he's the one that scored the goal. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, look, it was uncharacteristic from uh, from Fertel, but I guess it, it just makes sense in terms of the narrative. You know, uh, the only way for a deadlock like that to break is is for, you know, is for a mistake to happen. So mm-hmm. It, uh, but in saying that, though, um, I'll quickly touch on Belko before we get back to Olympic. Belko probably had the better of the chances in the first half. Mikkel had a double chance, which Christus, their keeper, Christus, was just absolutely terrific that day. He was just off to the races, made so many great saves. He made a double save from Mikkel, one after the other. And, yeah, uh, Belko probably had the best of the chances in the first half. They'll probably be disappointed that they didn't put away a couple of those, and they probably would have felt like that they would have won the match after that. But uh, it wasn't meant to be as Olympic. As soon as they scored, it was set up perfectly for Olympic. They were just able to sit back and then they knew Belko had to, you know, put commit numbers forward and then boom, 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 boom. Olympic were just devastating on the counterattack. Um, and I think that's going to set them up well for the, their match against Gangalan. And we'll mention why when it comes to that match. But overall, Olympic were very, very impressive. Uh, once again, they're showing that they're, that they're not a team to be taken lightly and Catnatch just must be absolutely over the moon at the moment. The last two uh, rounds have been, they've executed their game plan perfectly. All the youngsters have stepped up. Everyone who's come off the bench has made a difference and that look, and there were quality goals as well. So all cheers around for Canberra Olympic. Do you have any um, words on this match before we move on, Michael? I think quickly, just to sort of piggyback off what you just said there about, uh, Canberra Olympic, uh, and, and we've touched on it previously about um, you know how uh, how well they've actually prepared and, and played so far uh, this year, and how that's sort of maybe ex- exceeded um, our preconceived ideas of how we thought they were going to go um, this season. Um, they've come right out the blocks. They've prepared well, um, and it's really showing in their first uh, two games. And they've had two tough games to start. Uh, the season, obviously, with Monero uh, last week and uh, Belcon in this weekend uh, that's uh, just gone by. Uh, so, I mean, Robbie Kat- Katnatch is uh, doing a fantastic uh, job. He's had, you know, that last season to really uh, develop uh, the squad and get them playing in a way in which he wants them to. Uh, and, and they're wreaking the rewards uh, at the moment and only time will tell if they, they can make it three wins. Uh, on the bounce in their next game uh, that, that you mentioned, Matt. So um, it's a fantastic win uh, for them. And it, and for, on the other hand, for Bocconi United, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a devastating way to lose uh, considering, uh, you know, uh, it was an error that led uh, to, to the floodgates being opened uh, in the second half. Uh, so they won't be too pleased uh, with the outcome, but uh, they'll be looking to bounce back uh, next week. But overall, it's a, it's been a great um, two weeks for Canberra Olympic, uh, most certainly. It certainly has. And let's uh, move on to the team uh, that they were able to get off to a good start last week in the NPL, and that was Monaro Panthers. Unfortunately for them, they uh, suffered another defeat, this time at the hands of West Canberra Wanderers, Ospina, Colorado, and Cole with the goals for them in the 12th and 64th minute, respectively. And Dominici with a penalty in the 82nd minute to cap off uh, that matchup. And uh, you're going to get into it a little bit, but what a team goal for Ospina, Colorado. You're going to mention it there. But 
It was the best start Wanderers could have had, Michael. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, obviously, after their loss last week, uh, West Canberra Wanderers will be flying um, uh, in terms of their uh, confidence right now. Unfortunately for Nara Panthers, two uh, losses on the trot to start the season, not the best way to start. Yeah, no, most certainly you touched on it there, Matt. Uh, two losses from two. I don't think uh, many would have predicted uh, them having this sort of start to the season uh, where they're still stuck on uh, zero points after two games, uh, considering, like we've mentioned numerous times, with the addition of Frank Kasher and the plays that he was able to bring in. But I think it's just a classic case of that this squad needs time to gel. Uh, this squad... Uh, needs more time to get familiar with each other. I know that most of those players have played with each other, um, obviously before, um, primarily at uh, Canberra Olympic uh, when Frank was the coach there um, with the personalities that he's managed to bring from that uh, Canberra Olympic team over to this Monero team. Um, It is just the case of um, it looking like things are just going to take a little bit more time uh, to come to fruition. Uh, Obviously, I watched uh, the game uh, and for large majority of it, uh, I think Monero, you could definitely tell that they were a side that are still looking to put the pieces together. Um, there were times where they, they were struggling to, you know, create combinations of play and get, get the ball, uh, get the ball moving. Um, they'd have play broken up by uh, West Canberra, who, who were fantastic in the match, uh, to be honest. And you touched on how important it was for them to uh, come back after uh, their loss uh, to Gungahlin last weekend uh, and to come and grab a result uh, the way that they did uh, against Monero uh, will only boast them well uh, going forward. Um, you know, unlike Monero, they've been able to um, leapfrog or get their season started uh, with their first three points. And you touched on the goal that uh, scored by Espina, Colorado. I mean, it was fantastic play from uh, West Canberra uh, in, in the, in the 12th minute there uh, to, to grab the opening goal. I mean, the combination uh, play between, you know, the midfield and, and the defense passing the ball around to eventually open up the space there on the right-hand flank uh, where uh, Osprey Colorado then uh, great technique to uh, put that ball uh, at the keeper's near post uh, to obviously give them the advantage. Um, and, and that just set them well for the rest of the game to obviously um, cap off the win. Uh, obviously there, there are, a little bit of nerves in the final 10 minutes, uh, especially when Monero uh, obviously got the penalty and it was scored by Dominici, but uh, they managed to hold on. Um, you know, it, they like I mentioned before, they, they they were sluggish with their passing and it didn't really help their cause uh, to try and get their season started. Um, it's something that's going to take a bit of time and, and work on the training ground to uh, perfect. Um, but it's all just a case of when will it eventually gel? Uh, with this uh, Monero team. They've got the players to most certainly turn it around and, and start getting results. But uh, their first two games, uh, I mean, there could be a slight cause of concern there because we expected a lot more of them. But uh, now that they find themselves in the position where they've got zero points from two games, uh, they'll start looking at each other a little bit more uh, to, to you know, come up with ways and, and, and strategies in, in order to turn this around. But I'm sure, you know, Frank's got the experience uh, to sit down with those players and to, um, you know, get the best out of them. So, Matt, I mean, what do you make of uh, Monero's start uh, to, to the season? But obviously a great a great win for West Canberra Wanderers, uh, may I add. Yeah, and uh, just to touch on West Canberra Wanderers before we, uh, and Monero quickly before we move on, 
Uh, I had a chat to Yulsis today, so that should be up next couple of days. But uh, in that, he was very humble. He he kept saying it's it's only round two. We've got a lot a lot more work to go. But in saying that, though, you can tell you can just tell from the just from talking to him how much belief he has in the players and how much work they've put in. As you could see, that that team goal alone was just you know hmm. uh, just terrific from West Canberra Wanderers and something they need is belief. And he talked about how he doesn't like the. Um, the perception that they're underdogs, but he understands that's the reality. And he said the only way they can um, change that perception is by putting in performances like they did against Monaro, against all the other clubs. So uh, look out for that one later in the week. And yeah, yeah, they did. And he, um, that, yeah, uh, they were, they were really good. So, and especially after coming off that loss to Gungahlin, they really uh, pulled it around. Um, In terms of Monaro, like you said, I think it's just all about the, the chemistry uh, that needs to be uh, built up. And to be fair to Frank, he did say in the interview I did with him at the start of the season that um, that they do need time to gel. They need time to bring the squad together, even though half of them have played together before. Mm. Um, they just need that chemistry and that time, that flu, and even just the fluency in some of their plays. Some of their plays, they, it comes off fantastic. Some of them, it just doesn't, you don't see the final product or it just doesn't have, like, it, it's good build up. But then once they get to the final bit, they, it just, doesn't mm. get um, any further than what you think it would. But look, they definitely have the talent, like you said. I think sooner or rather later, they're going to start winning. If it's not against Belco this weekend, though, they're going to be facing Canberra Croatia in round four. So we all know how difficult that's going to be. So uh, for Manara, I'm sure they hope they're going to get um, some sort of result against Belconnen. Yeah, I think just before we move on, Matt, I just want to mention uh, that Manara won't have Jeremy yeah. Haptomerium as well. Um, no. Well, at the least, just for next week, uh, after he uh, received a, a red card, uh, so he'll definitely be missing that game against uh, Belconnen next week, which will be a well this weekend, I should say. Sorry, uh, which will be a huge loss uh, for them uh, and, and going forward too. Uh, they should have Calabria back, if I'm not mistaken, because he did get two yellows. I don't think it was a straight red, so they should have him back. He missed this game; he should be back next match. But like you said, have to marry him. Um, a big loss, but in general, I'm I'm not sure. It's it's going to be very hard to predict how Monaro are going to play this weekend. Um, it's just going to be very, it's going to be interesting to see how they play um, because when we say, do they need more time? Is it going to click straight away this weekend or is it going to take a bit more time? So that's the big um, what if in terms of Monaro, but yeah, to be fair to them, Frank did say at the start of the season, way before this all started, they need time. Um, I know the talk has been about them. Oh yeah. They're going to win the title. or They're going to go straight forward. Are they going to do this? They're going to do that. To be fair, though, the Frank, uh, uh, Frank hasn't, you know, Frank didn't say that that wasn't the words coming out of the club and Frank. So um, that's just mostly been the Canberra football talk. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how they go. Anyway, Michael, what's our next matchup? Uh, so our third uh, matchup in MPL 1, uh, round 2, was Gungahlin United uh, at home uh, to Tigers FC, uh, the visiting side getting the 2-1 victory. Uh, Gungahlin United opened the scoring through Bernabo uh, Madrid uh, with a scintillating goal. I touched on it just before we, um, basically when we started the podcast, there were some cracking goals and that was certainly uh, the pick of the bunch uh, before um, Gungahlin were pegged back through uh, Streaker and a Jack Green own goal five minutes before the interval. So Matt, a crucial win in a way for Tigers FC, uh, considering um, their loss in the opening round uh, to Canberra, Croatia. Uh, how did you see this one? Obviously, there was a fantastic goal to to start the game. 
Yeah, you uh, described it on our notes here as uh, Ronaldo-esque. So um, yep. it was, it was. I'll tell you what, it was that good. Uh, Bernardo Madrid has been one of the best players in the league for a while now. Uh, I saw him in preseason as well. He was very sharp in preseason. He's just such a great player and such great technique on that on that finish there for that free kick. Um, Gungalan didn't get the result they would have liked. Um, it was sort of, um, and they'll be disappointed with the the final goal. They, um, like you explained it there, they'll be disappointed with that final goal that went in. Um, Tigers, though, on the other hand, this is a, a win they needed. Uh, expect, I mean, there's no shame in losing to Canberra Croatia. Um, but they didn't, but they didn't score a goal. Um, they didn't threaten Canberra Croatia anywhere near as much as they would have liked. So this is the match that they needed to make a statement in. And they got not only did they play pretty well, they also got the three points. So Tigers, in that regard, uh, it's a good setup for them as they face Tuggeron, which. I forgot to add in, but that is now going to be on a Thursday, and we'll mention that very quickly okay. um, due to the long weekend. Um, but in saying that, though, um, Tigers will be very happy to walk away for three points. Um, Ryan Grogan, as we know, has quite the um, quite the squad that they're amassing there, and it's still going to take a little bit of time for them as well. Um, and let's not forget, this is also a matchup where Tigers have a lot of or former Gagalan players. So mm. uh, if you watched a bit, bits and pieces of the matchup, it, it, it added a little bit of flair to it. There's a little bit more, you know, intensity into the, in, in there, considering it's, you know, former teammates facing off against each other. One issue I, uh, uh, there's a couple issues though, coming out of this match for Gagalan. It's not um, the loss that I'm mentioning. It's the fact that Jack Green came off injured. Uh, he couldn't walk off the pitch. So, Let's hope it's not too serious. I've heard that he's going to have scans this week. So best of luck to him. And hopefully for him, it's not a serious one, but it's safe to say he'll definitely miss this weekend um, from all accounts. And his centre-back partner, Abbas, I believe is his name. Uh, he, yeah, got a red card this weekend as well. So that's two of their main centre-backs that are going to be out. And that, and what I mentioned that Olympic are going to be um, in my play into the hands of Olympic. Um, yeah, I think this is um, how it'll play into the hands of Olympic if Olympic decide to sit back um, and, you know, soak up the pressure from Bengalan and use their youth and their speed to counterattack. I th- uh, it's going to be hard for Bengalan already with uh, two of their main centre-backs out. So it's a shame for them. Um, but in saying that, though, um, I'm sure Marcel will relish the challenge and... We're going to see a competitive matchup against Olympic this weekend. That's for sure. Um, yeah. So, uh, Michael, uh, we ready to move on to the next team? Yeah. So, I think just before we move on to the next game, I think you, the injury of Jack Green. Uh, obviously, we hope it's not too serious, uh, and that he'll return to action sometime soon. Obviously, it, it's undetermined at the moment when he will indeed be back, uh, given he needs to get scans done. Uh, but that's a huge loss for Gungahlin United. Uh, that's their stone wall. That's their uh, captain, uh, their leader from the back. Uh, it's a huge loss. And I just hope for Marcel's sake that that's not too much of a long-term injury uh, for the season. So it's a big loss uh, for Gungahlin United moving forward. Uh, obviously, it's not the result they would have wanted either. So there, there are a few uh, negatives to take out of that uh, result. Um, obviously, losing the game and then to lose your captain as well, um, 
and you're not sure how long he's going to be out for as well. It doesn't really boast well for them, but they'll be looking to bounce back regardless. Uh, so we'll see if they can do that uh, this weekend. It certainly will. And the last matchup of the round was Canberra Croatia 4, Tarun United 1 to cap off. Emphatic way for Canberra Croatia to cap off their gala day where they introduced reintroduced their name uh, that they were supposed to do last year. I know they were using their name last year, but this is the ceremony they were supposed to kick it all off last year. And this is how they finished it off with uh, Barac scoring two goals, Ugrinic scoring two goals, and Slavic scoring an absolute belter of a goal. So much power on that one for Tarun United in the 76th minute. Michael, um, another stylish victory for Canberra Croatia. How did this one play out? I think this is something that we're really very well getting very familiar with in terms of Canberra Croatia and their expansive style of football. I mean, they're, they're really showcasing why uh, they're the best team uh, in Canberra, certainly for the moment, uh, and why they uh, were champions last year. Um, I think you touched on it there. It was a monumental day in terms of uh, their, their gala day uh, around the Canberra Croatia uh, name, uh, you know, going back, going back to that name and the history that it has. Uh, that would have given the players an extra incentive to go out there and perform, and it's exactly what they did. I don't think we could have expected anything less from them, to be honest. They've been such a great side for a while now, um, so you almost expect them to get three points all the time with the amount of talent that they have and the, the style of football that they play. Um, you, you touched on it there, the a double for Barat and uh, Ugrinik um, just shows how lethal uh, they are in front of goal and how how quickly they are to capitalize on chances when, when they're presented um, in the final third uh, for them. So, I mean, they're a deadly outfit that will look to put three, four goals past anyone. And I think uh, the encounter against Tuggernong was just an exhibition of that. Um, they were too good. Uh, it's exactly what they would have wanted uh, considering they had to travel out to the uh, Nijong over last week to play against Tigers, to come back home in front of a home crowd on a monumental day, score four goals in the process, uh, just reeks uh, success for Canberra, Croatia, and they'll only be looking to build on that. Um, but I mean, I think the one aspect that you can take away uh, from Tuggernong's uh, play was that Andrew Slavich goal. I mean, it was a fantastic strike uh, from outside the box, uh, which obviously ruined Canberra, Croatia's chances of a, uh, you know, picking up a clean sheet uh, in round two. But, I mean, if you're going to concede a goal, um, you want it to be, you know, pretty special. Um, and that goal uh, was right out of the top draw. Uh, it's We touched on it before about Bernabo Madrid's uh, free kick and we had this Slavic uh, special from outside the area. So we just want to keep seeing those sort of goals uh, flying into the top corners uh, on a week-to-week basis. A lot of contenders for a goal of the week this week. There was also one in MPLW we'll mention later as well. That was also a terrific one. Uh, one thing I want to say quickly before we move on uh, in this one is I, I was told, though, in this match, uh, Tugger United, United did uh, create a few chances, though. So mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned the goal, and I guess the positives uh, as well for Tugger is that they can create the chances. It's just more about, you know, um, building up, uh, just sort of working on the uh, the finishing and finishing their chances that they do create. And yeah, I, I do think Tugger, I know that they haven't, they haven't gotten a victory now in two, but, and they're facing Tigers next week, uh, this week, midweek, which isn't going to be easy either, but 
Uh, I think uh, Tuggeron once uh, we saw this last year as well. You got to uh, they they start a bit slowly, but once they get going, once they start clicking, they got that team unity. Um, and Michael, uh, there were some uh, special mentions um, mm-hmm. for some uh, milestone games, wasn't there this week in MPL uh, one? Yeah, so there was uh, obviously uh, Rush had uh, mentioned it uh, on his social media. Uh, Nick Rathjen uh, celebrating his 50th MPL uh, first grade appearance against Tigers uh, FC for Gungahlin United uh, this past weekend. Uh, and we also had Tuggeranong's Daniel Felizzi also celebrate his 50th showing uh, in this competition against Canberra, Croatia. So we've had back-to-back weeks now where we've had players celebrate their 50th MPL one appearances, uh, which is a fantastic milestone to reach, uh, which just shows uh, the numerous talent that we have here in uh, the ACT that have been playing in these uh, competitions now for for a while. Um, So to chalk up 50 games uh, is is a great feat. And uh, I just want to, yeah, congratulate those players and the the players that obviously um, had recently celebrated that we mentioned uh, in round one. And obviously that has carried on into round two. So congratulations to those, those two. And hopefully we have some more in round three. And uh, I'm sure we obviously will have more milestones uh, throughout the season that we can uh, touch on and shed some light on as well. I'm, I'm sure we certainly will. And let's get into our predictions, uh, shall we, for the week. Let's start with Canberra, Croatia, West Canberra Wanderers, Saturday, April 24th, 3 p.m. at Deakin Stadium. You're going to see a common thread here. A lot of the matches will be on Saturday because, of course, Sunday is Anzac Day. Um, Look, if uh, considering the momentum that West Canberra Wanderers created for themselves, if they were versing any other team, I would would give them – I probably would predict them to, to, to win. Or at least get a draw, but this weekend they're facing Canberra Creation. As we can see, they're in red hot form. It's going to take uh, something special from any side really to beat them at this uh, point in the season when they're just so such in such great form. So I'm going to go for a Croatia victory, but I'm sure West Canberra Wanderers will give them a good fight, as as we saw against the uh, Monaro Panthers. They're not to be underestimated. I think you uh, hit the nail on the head uh, there, Matt. I have pretty much have those uh, similar feelings in terms of how this match is going to play out. I think Canberra Croatia will just be too strong for West Canberra Wanderers uh, at Deakin Stadium there. So uh, look, we're looking at a three from three for for Canberra Croatia to start this year. And I don't think any of us would be too surprised at that uh, notion. So uh, whilst you did touch on there, and I think it's important that if this was against any other side for West Canberra Wanderers on the back of that, uh, Monero Panthers win. I would really fancy them. Uh, it was it was a great win that you that you'd want to build on. It's just a shame that they're running into the most informed team uh, in the competition. It'll be a great game though. Um, one uh, that that'll catch the eye of the neutral. I think uh, that there'll be some um, action in the, in that game for sure. Uh, hopefully, some good goals. Uh, let, let's continue the good goals. Uh, so uh, I'm going for a Canberra Croatia win at home there. Okay, and next up, we've got Balcona United, Monaro Panthers, Saturday, April 24th at McKellar Park, 3 p.m. Um, <coughs> we mentioned this is the match where Monaro needs to start um, needs to start getting some points on the board considering they've got Canberra Croatia uh, next week. 
I, th- I think they're probably going to need a little more time to gel, though. I think Belconi United, just like Manara, are going to be raring to go. They would have been extremely annoyed that they didn't that they didn't score and they could have against Olympic. I mean, despite Olympic uh, definitely deserving the victory in the end. Uh, I'm going to go for Belconi in this one. I just think Manara probably is going to take a little more time for them to gel. No hat to marry him either. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think this uh, will be a Belco victory, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's a draw either. So, Michael, what's your prediction for this one? Yeah, I think it's for me. It's a toss up between a Belcona United win or or a draw, and I'm leaning more towards a draw. I think Monero. It's time for them to um, chalk up their first points of the season. We've touched on the fact that in round four they'll be playing Canberra Croatia, and I mean heading into that game, you know potentially to maybe have three losses on the bounce heading into that is not what you want at all. So uh, they need some sort of foundation to uh, to go off uh, for that game. They need a result of some kind, and I think it'll be all square uh, at, at McKellar. All right. Next up, Canberra Olympic and Garland United. I mentioned before, it's going to be a very interesting one. Saturday, April 24th, 3 p.m. at O'Connor in close. I'm going to go for an Olympic victory here. Uh, based on the fact that the way they've set up and the way they seem to, <coughs> pardon me, the way they seem to approach these matches uh, works for them. They've got a lot of pace, they've got a lot of youth, they've got a lot of intensity, and they're going to sit back and uh, hit on the break. Unfortunately for Gungalan United, we mentioned Jack Green is out and uh, his central uh, defensive partner Abbas is out as well with a red card. So considering that, I think this and um, and I think uh, Gungahlin are going to dominate possession. Olympic are going to be happy to sit back. I think this um, works right into Cam- uh, Canberra Olympics' hands, and I'm going to go for a Canberra Olympic victory. But um, I guess we wouldn't be surprised if Marcel and uh, Chris Kajano over there come up with a different game plan to nullify uh, Olympics' counter-attacking capabilities. But I'm going to go for an Olympic victory because. Yeah, I think that leadership of Jack Green and his centre-back partner being out as well, uh, both in the same week, um, doesn't bode well uh, for, for any defence, let alone a talented defence like uh, Gungahlin United. How about you, Michael? Yeah, I, I'm going to go for a Canberra Olympic win uh, as well. I think you touched on the defensive frailties that Gungahlin United will have heading into this game. I think that will affect them especially if they're to have a possession-based uh, style that we're so used to seeing where they dominate possession. But as soon as Canberra Olympic are able to get on the ball and hit on the counter, they'll be uh, most definitely uh, vulnerable to the counter-attack and the spaces that um, they could possibly leave open for Canberra Olympic to exploit. So I, I believe, uh, like you mentioned, I think there are a lot of a fact, there are a lot of factors that play into Canberra Olympic's uh, hands uh, at the expense of Gungahlin United this weekend, I think. The two contrast in styles in terms of, I think, Gungahlin United will have the large majority of possession and Olympic will just be patient, stay compact, and whenever they get the chance, they'll, they'll look to break in numbers and with pace as well. So I'll, I see them going three from three to, the, uh, to start the season. Yep. And next up, we have Tigers FC versus Tugron United at... The AIS, I've been told, on Thursday, um, I don't know the date in front of me, but yeah, on Thursday at the AIS, I'm not sure about the time yet either. I was just told that uh, quite late. Um, so that match has been rescheduled. Tigers, Tugger on United, Midway's mixture. Thursday is the 22nd of April. Yeah. 
There we go. Um, so, yeah, look, um, I'm going to go for Tigers victory, but in saying that, though, midweek match, freezing cold, yes, anything can happen. Um, but, look, and Tugger and United will be relishing this one. They, they know they're definitely the underdogs in this one. And after the last two matches, and in the Belko match uh, in the first round, they, they, they on all accounts, they play quite well. Um, they probably were unlucky not to score as well in that one. So, look, and obviously coming up against Cam Croatia is always going to be tough. Tigers as well, they've recruited very well. This one, I'm going to go for a Tigers victory, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than um, than most people will be expecting. Tigerong are always a hard, t- hard team to face. They're always very well compact. Um, they fight for each other. I don't think this is going to be the time where Tigerong finally get points on the board. But I do think it is only a matter of time before they do get points on the board. I'm going to go for a Tigers victory here, but don't don't count out Tuggernong. Yeah, I most definitely can never count out uh, Tuggernong with the squad that Mitch Stevens has there and how hard they work. I mean, that alone can spell an upset uh, for them at any given moment against one of the bigger teams. Uh, just given how hard they work, uh, their incredible work rate and how united they are as a squad. Uh, the change-up in this fix- fixture from a weekend fixture to a Thursday night, I don't know, it could ruffle, ruffle a few feathers, uh, make uh, make the uh, Tigers, um, you know, uh, on, on edge in, in a way, or uh, it might affect with their preparation because obviously you're not normally preparing for a Thursday night game and it's a late change, etc. But I think it will be a cagey affair. I think it'll be a lot... I don't think there'll be a, uh, a lot of goals separating uh, the, two, the two sides. I definitely think it'll be closer than what maybe people are in anticipating. So I'm going to go for a Tigers win at home there. Jeremy, here he is. Hey, Jeremy, how you going? Good, boys. How you doing? Yeah, Not good. too bad. We uh, introduced you at the time where we can tell you how the, uh, how the predictions went uh, last week. So uh, let's uh, get straight into it, shall we? MPL one. This is the accumulative ladder from one and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, <laughs> so let's leave it this way. After round one, Michael, you and I had one one, yeah, one each. We predicted horribly in that first round. <laughs> yeah. Um, and after round two, it is three two. I'm on three. You're on two. So uh, once again, we didn't. <laughs> we both didn't do too well uh, in MPL one this week. Um, okay, so I only got one right again. Yeah. Consistency. <laughs> yeah, look, it's hard. Man. It's, it's MPL <laughs> one, especially in these games are hard, <laughs> especially at the start of the season. I guess um, we all fared a little better though in uh, MPLW. Um, after the first round, it was three three. Uh, me and Michael both had three. Jeremy, you had two. After mm. the second round, me with seven, Michael with five, and you, Jeremy, with five as well. Jeremy, all four. Matt's the Matt's the new um, MPLW expert now, <laughs> and I don't commentate on that every week. So there you go. <laughs> there's, there's a few there's a few like Polish and, and Eastern European people who have come in uh, and contacted me on Instagram to ask me tips so they can bet on the comp. I'll give yeah. him your Instagram. Yeah, yeah. it's like those ones on Bar TV <laughs> in the different in the different languages. They're commenting on the Bar TV, you know, saying. Uh, and you're just like, where are these people? Who are these people? Then you realize that they're people. There's probably more betting markers for MPL, uh, ACT, and other countries than there is here, sure. uh, funnily enough. Um, and then we get straight into MPL 2. 
Well, after the first round, it was uh, me with four, you with three, Michael. And after the second round, mm. guess what? We're all tied up. Six, six. You, uh, so uh, you uh, beat me in that round. You got three correct last week for MPL, MPL two out of four. And I got um, two out of four. So now we're all tied up for MPL two there. So uh, well, at least that's a little more interesting. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to break away. Uh, like we yeah. mentioned this earlier on, but uh, yeah. Anyway, that's uh, that's the banter done and dusted for the um, our tipping comp. So let's get straight into MPLW, shall we, Jeremy? All right, let's start with West Canberra Wonder West um, Canberra Wanderers. Actually, no. Before that, what ma- uh, Jeremy? What match are you commentating this weekend? Before we forget, sorry. Otherwise, uh, I'll be at O'Connor at 10.30 for um, Canberra Olympic versus Balcon United. Uh, should be a pretty good game. And I actually might also do um, Turgonong versus Canberra Croatia on Sunday afternoon. I was supposed to do only one game, but on Sunday, my restaurant's not open. So yeah. I, might, um, I might do a second game on Sunday with, uh, with Russ. Yeah, I was about to say, because Russ did message me saying he will be doing that as well. So there we go. I think that's the first call, if I'm not mistaken, with you and Russ together. Yeah, yeah, we actually never did one together. That's true. Awesome. Well, fun. we'll all be looking forward to that one. So let's start with uh, this week. Um, West Canberra Wanderers 5 0 over, sorry, Canberra Croatia 5 0 over West Canberra Wanderers. Palombi with a goal, Berkeley with a goal, Gill with a brace on her return, and Chantel Jones with a goal uh, in on the outfield. Uh, Michael, uh, there was no live feed or recorded footage for this one, uh, was there? So, um, uh, yeah, what no. happened in this one? Yeah, which was a bit strange. We're not really accustomed to seeing, uh, you know, errors like that uh, occur. But um, I mean, it look it, in in an essence, it's it's our job to provide uh, the viewers with what happened uh, with games that they couldn't see. So we're of service now, <laughs> and um, so I mean, obviously a, a devastating win uh, for Canberra, uh, Croatia. Um, five goals to the good, uh, a clean sheet, which is always an added bonus. Uh, I think it's important uh, that we touch on the return uh, of, of Grace Gill, who obviously, uh, like you mentioned, Matt, she uh, she got a, she got a brace, uh, which will boast uh, heard well uh, on her return uh, to the Canberra Croatia side. Um, I think from from all accounts, Canberra Croatia were very impressive uh, in this mess up. Uh, sorry, in this match up, not mess up. Uh, they caused uh, all sorts of havoc uh, on the on the Wanderers. Uh, obviously, we touched on the uh, on the fact that Grace Gill was back, and I think she is obviously an instrumental part to this uh, Canberra Croatia team and 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 the success that they that they have going forward. She's a she's a great player, uh, so it's great to see her back uh, playing. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the viewers uh, who were hoping to tune into Bar uh, TV Sport couldn't see that. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, uh, she finished with two goals. Uh, it, it was a five-star performance from Canberra, Croatia. Uh, Jeremy, uh, do you have anything to, to add on this uh, on this game? Obviously, we touched on the fact that um, the highlight in this was that Grace Gill returned with a brace. We, we talk about how important she is uh, to Canberra, Croatia, especially um, as they look to compete with Belcon and United uh, this season. So what were your takeaways uh, from this encounter? 
Yeah, yeah, I think the return of Grace Gill is obviously um, very, very important for Canberra Croatia. You know, last week, uh, the game that, that I went to comment against Canberra United Academy, their main issue was scoring goals. They had the opportunity, they just weren't lethal enough uh, in front of goals. So they fixed it. Um, they fixed it earlier in the week during the um, Fed Cup, the Federation Cup round two, where they faced uh, Canberra United Academy uh, on Tuesday night, it was a Wednesday night, excuse me, uh, where they, they won 5 2 when Grace Gill already scored. So uh, they played three games during the week. The first one, they, they drew last week and then they won the two that they played this week. I think, you know, Nick Brosnich wasn't too worried uh, after last weekend because even after rewatching the game, he was telling me our issue is just scoring goals. And I know that we can score goals. So there'll be games where we don't score and there'll be all the other games um, where the ball is actually going to go to the back of the net. Uh, so, yeah, so 10 goals in a week right now for them in, in those two games. And I think the game um, for this weekend, I think, Canberra Croatia came ready to face um, a Wanderers team that's a little bit unknown. Uh, you know, we, we don't really know yet how they play. We don't really know yet what Emma Stamberg is trying to establish um, with a with new squad. So they, they came ready to blaze and making sure that what happened with Canberra Academy wouldn't happen again, which is giving them the hope that if they score, they can put them in, in trouble. So, you know, scoring straight away um, has done that for, for Croatia and then like you said, when Grace Gill is on the, the field, what you have for all the players around is just a little bit less nervosity, a little bit more uh, serenity. That the experience is there. You got somebody who's able to lead from the ground up and to tell those girls what to do in, in the good and in the bad moments. Uh, and that's obviously uh, invaluable. So I think the the season starts properly for Canberra Croatia once they have all their squad and now they have all their squad. Um, so I, it's not to say that they're going to go undefeated again. I think, you know, it's going to be a long season. Uh, but when you see the firepower they have up front, when you see what um, a player like Jenny Bissett brings to the team, she was fantastic last week against Canberra United. And, and Nick told me that she was uh, she was ill to the point where she, uh, she had a hard time even going back to the field after the half. Um, they are going to be a really, really strong side to to reckon with, and it makes us, you know, look forward to those uh, Canberra Croatia Belconnen and Canberra Croatia Olympic and Gungaling because they they look like they are going to be really, really good matchups. Yeah, and Matt, I, I suppose uh, throwing this to you now, uh, I guess you can delve in a little deeper into uh, the Wanderers not having uh, Tiana uh, Jaber, um, who was impressive in the back line uh, last week. Do you want to just touch on that? Yeah, she was away this week. Uh, from all accounts, she was very impressive in the back line uh, last week. And they did they did hold Olympic for, you know, quite a while. And between her, uh, Maguire and Stanbury last week, they all did a great job leading that team. And without one of them, uh, it wasn't it wasn't the same. Um, and let's not forget, Jaber has played in, uh, has recent uh, W League experience. And we all know the experience Emma Stanbury has as well. Uh, she only played 60 minutes from all accounts from what I heard um, in this matchup it was always going to be difficult for them uh, without one of their key players and against Canberra Croatia who had everybody back this week um, and for some and for some of them like Jeremy mentioned it was their first match back so they're always going to be uh, raring to go and yeah so it was always going to be difficult this week for West Canberra Wanderers on and up for them uh, I'm sure they're just going to move on to the next one but in terms of Canberra Croatia um, they'll feel like uh, this is only the beginning for them and with the players they have and uh, 
Jeremy mentioned on the commentary that we did on the weekend, uh, n- n- another goal for Palombi. How many issues are going to add to the tally this uh, year? I'm sure that's something you're going to mention on every commentary this uh, this year. Um, but she's always one of the favourites for that uh, for that uh, top scorer role. So, um, yeah, Michael, what's the uh, next matchup? All right, so the next matchup, uh, we have uh, Belconnen United uh, up against Canberra United Academy. Uh, and I mean, well, uh, what a performance from uh, Belconnen United considering how well we said Canberra United Academy played uh, against Canberra Croatia uh, last week uh, to get the draw. I mean, Belcon United absolutely put the uh, foot to the pedal uh, in this match, uh, winning 7-1. Uh, goals through uh, Bobbin uh, scoring a first half hat-trick, uh, Bomford uh, and Thornton uh, also getting a hat-trick there with two of her goals coming in the second half. Uh, where uh, Canberra United Academy's solo goal came from uh, Christopherson uh, in, the, in the 43rd minute. Uh, Matt, I mean, we know how good Belconnen United are in the MPLW. Uh, it's only two games in, but I mean, they look like absolute world beaters in this uh, competition. And I think, um, is it safe to, safe to say that they're, that they're the front runners this year? I'm going to sit on the fence and say they are one of the front runners this year. I just think it's just too early to tell for this competition. I think it's too early to tell because now after one round, you could have easily said, yeah, Belcon and the front runners of Canberra Croatia aren't, but that would have been without looking a little deeper and seeing that there was no Gil. Um, and yeah, they, they just didn't have a full squad. And now that they have a full squad, yeah, it's going to be very, very tight between those two. I'm really looking forward to that matchup. I think it's in round five. Um, hopefully, you're commentating that one, Jeremy, because that's going to be an absolute cracker. Um, no, you're not. Oh, it's on a Saturday. <laughs> He's, yeah, shaking it's on a Saturday. He's shaking the head. He's shaking the head. Rest it's on a Saturday. Rest, that's right. You rest can't will do a, a double header that week. Oh, that is true. And it's on a Saturday as well. You can't do a lot of the Saturday games. Um, but yeah, so that one's going to be an absolute cracker. So for me, oh, I can't choose a front runner. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to sit on the fence there. But very, very impressive once again. Bobbin with a hat trick. She's looked very, very good this season so far. Bomford scoring once again. Michaela Thornton adding to her goal tally. If you want to uh, talk about all the goals she scored in preseason, she scored another hat trick in preseason as well, if I'm not mistaken. And some of those goals, absolute crackers, weren't they, Jeremy? I mean, uh, absolutely impressive. And from CUA, um, I guess. It's fair enough to say we're all a bit shocked um, at this result, considering how well they played against the reigning champions last week. I know they didn't have a full squad, but still, they were very, very impressive in a match that we all thought they would struggle in for intensity. So, um, sorry, not intensity, sorry, physicality. So, Jeremy, what did you make up make of this one? Yeah, so surprising. I mean, uh, it's it's no secret that the reason why I didn't get four win in the in the Tubin competition is because I thought the academy was going to win this one. Uh, sorry for the for the Belcolan team. I put the Belcolan shirt to uh, to apologize. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, nice but, touch. <laughs> but but yeah, it's uh, it, it's surprising, and I've and I've watched the game uh, after afterwards, um, and the academy was neither here nor there. Absolutely. I don't want to say absolutely no intensity. That'll be a bit too harsh, but just um, always second on every single dual, um, not able to anticipate the move that uh, Belkolen was doing. Belkolen played 
really well, um, did put all that intensity, did make sure that they were getting first and second uh, every single time. Uh, but, you know, once you have once you have Kira Bobin, um, you know, running down the right wing once and she's taking five meters on one meter, you just, you know that that's what's going to happen. So anticipate a little bit better. She's able to score two of the exact same goal in the first half, like exact copycats. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a tough one for the academy. Maybe the fact that the academy played those those three games in a week, two, twice against Canberra Croatia and once against Belkonen was just a little bit too much for those young girls because uh, the team that play, um, not yesterday, on Saturday, is the exact same team that played the, the weekend before. So it's supposedly girls that know how to play together and that can can almost create an upset like we've seen at Deakin. But, uh, but I guess Belkonen United is, uh, is somehow the, the step higher uh, and what Belkonen United has that, Croatia didn't have last week is when they have an opportunity in front of goal, they don't hesitate. Uh, I thought the academy was going to come back into the game. That that goal at the very end of the first half sort of put some hopes back in it. And then straight away early in the second half, uh, Christopherson had another chance uh, to score. But um, the goalkeeper for Belkonen, who was uh, Karen Clark this week with uh, with Christina Esposito, um, Michael Zakowski put his centre back in, um, in between the sticks. Uh, she did a couple of magnificent save like she'd be a starter for five out of the eight teams that we have in the competition <laughs> uh so she was she was really good and and she has a, an assist as well for her for the very first goal um so you know it's also great for michael to see that he has depth uh, at the goalkeeping position too but uh but yeah i think i think they were just too good too quick for for the academy and then once you once you get one get two get three to go behind to go and get in the back of the net it's just hard to to bounce back, even though speaking, you know, to the coaches before the before the season, the results isn't a priority for the academy, and it's all about learning and it's all about, um, you know, teaching them how to behave depending on what the game goes. So that's that's a pretty good learning experience to be um, five one down at, uh, at halftime. But um, but yeah, we I just didn't recognize the academy from last week. So maybe the three games was a bit too much. Maybe Belconen is just. Um, the the perfect mismatch for the academy, um, like they were for Waga, um, like you were saying Matt, yesterday during the commentary. But yeah, it's uh, it's an emphatic victory for for Belconen. And it's great that Michael uh, gets his team to play the one the way he want them to play early on. It's great that they can dominate already. Uh, it's also how 2020 started for Ahmed Hugo. Um, two victory, 8-0 and 7-1 in the first two games. Uh, so you know it's it's not screaming victory too early it's making sure that the team can play that way for for 21 games yep uh michael any last thoughts before we move on i guess just to sort of piggyback off why i mentioned you know or why i threw out there would they be the front runners uh this season i think this a performance like this sort of encapsulates what i was talking about in terms of you know being up 5-0 after 40 minutes. I mean, that's just what they're capable of doing to any team in this uh, competition. It just reeks uh, how successful uh, they've been in this competition for a very long time. They've got the quality um, and, and they're hard to stop once they score a goal. It, it seems whenever they get one goal, uh, they, they can just keep on going. Um, and sometimes you, you you don't know when when the ball will not find the back of the net sometimes because they're just that lethal uh, in the in the attacking third. So... I mean, I think given what we're, what we've seen so far, um, obviously Jeremy touched on it that uh, it was basically a mirror image of what we saw last season under Armadugbol. 
who was coached there last year. Um, so it might, you know, we, we don't obviously want to get ahead of ourselves, but I mean, when, when they're in this form, um, you know, scoring five goals after 40 minutes, they're just, uh, they're, they're very hard to stop. Uh, and it's why they've won numerous uh, titles, uh, you know, at, at WMPL uh, titles or MPLW, sorry, uh, titles uh, to, to be uh, exact. Uh, it's why they've been a successful side uh, for so long. They're, they're just so hard to stop once they, once they get a ball rolling and once they implement their style of play on teams. And that's exactly what they did to Canberra United Academy. They just shut them out completely um, and, and dominated that game from the first minute right up until the 90th minute. And Zukoski is certainly building a very, very impressive squad there at Belconnen and one with uh, depth, like Jeremy has stated. And Michael, our next matchup, Gungahlin United 3, Canberra Olympic 1, Pennyfield with two goals, Ella Brown with the other goal, and Ashley Sykes with the goal for Olympic. How did this one roll out? So it was actually a pretty close matchup from all accounts. Uh, Olympic found... Uh, Ashley Skies in the box, uh, and there is only uh, one outcome in that uh, regard, as we as we all know. Um, you know, she was able to find the back of the uh, the back of the net in the twenty first minute. There, um, they showed plenty of bright periods in this game uh, to build upon for for the future. Uh, it's obviously not the result that they had hoped for after taking the lead in this in this game, um, but. Um, you know, we have to touch on the talent that they do possess uh, in, in their team, Canberra Olympic, and uh, they just need to figure it out come next weekend. Uh, but on the other side uh, of the equation, uh, you know, Gungahlin uh, had, had the better of the chances and controlled possession uh, as, as we would have expected them to uh, for stretches uh, of this game. And obviously that resulted in them scoring three unanswered goals to take away the three points. Uh, but we saw some really nice goals in particular, uh, from uh, Erica Pennyfield's uh, second one in particular. Um, her first one uh, ha- had a terrific ball over the top uh, for an assist from Stella uh, DeMarco. Uh, Gungarland are just looking uh, very good uh, to start the season, which is always a positive uh, as well. We know the style of play that they that they uh, possess. Uh, we know the tra- talent that they have in their team uh, as well. They've got a group, good group of girls there at Gungarland United. So um, it's a fantastic win. Uh, for them away from home uh, to stead them well into round three. Uh, Jeremy, how did you see uh, this encounter? It's obviously a great win uh, for Gungahlin United uh, away from home against a very uh, talented Olympic team that we've uh, that we've touched upon, um, you know, in the in the lead up uh, to this season. Yeah, great win for Gungahlin. You know, we're speaking about two teams that are hoping to challenge. Uh, the hierarchy this season are hoping to uh, to go and get the Croatias and the and the Blue Devils uh, and and so Gongarin definitely putting out a statement there. I think uh, you know I think the game being early this season uh, and and being what we've seen the two goals scored at the end to to get the win shows uh, shows what we thought of new even before the game. Gongarin is a team that knows how to play together, that has played together for a while, players that are used to each other and are not going to be surprised for 90 minutes. On the other side, you have a team where um, five or six of the, of the 11 starters were in here last season. Uh, you have a, a side where uh, the centre-back is actually a midfield, Lara Burdett, uh, and, and unfortunately for her, uh, she makes the mistake on the on the first goal to, uh, to completely um, fumble her, her clearance and that brings a throw-in and the goal from Pennyfield. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, I think it's just going to take a bit more time for Olympic to, 
to get to where they want to be. Um, you know, Sykes was very close to score a second goal in the second half. She took the ball in her on her side and um, like very messy, like just run through the whole ground, dribble three players, find herself in the box. And unfortunately, so it's tried that Tony near, but it looked like a second goal was almost done. Uh, it'll just take time for, for Olympic to, to get there. It'll take for their injured player to come back um, and, it, and it'll take them time to gel and to to matter to matter when it matters. Uh, it's a but yeah, to, to negotiate a bit better the, the good and the bad sides uh, of the game. Gungalin scored three. They could have scored seven. They had a lot of opportunities. Um, Ikel Tolu, uh, Elke Aitolu, excuse me, uh, had had a couple deflection deviation, um, full of talent, beautiful uh, that could have scored goal. We almost saw a 100% Demarco goal in the second half when uh, when Natalie gave the ball to Stella and unfortunately Stella got, hit the crossbar. That, that would have been nice. We could have seen um, Stella Demarco's disappointment not to score on her sister's assist on that one, uh, but it could have been. Could have been more severe for Olympic because Gungarin on the second half just kept playing their game, uh, weathered the storm, uh, and very, very, very smartly from Diego Iglesias. We know how good he is. Every single time, every time that Olympic was starting a counter attack, um, Madeleine Percival was dropping down five, 10 meters, anticipating the pace that Ashley Sykes is going to have on those counter attacks, and always made sure that she was here to cut Sykes early on, which is what teams need to do when they're going to play against the, the Ashley Sykes. And, uh, and now that we know her, there's Zoe Terry's uh, of this world that have that pace and are able to, uh, to go behind you very easily. Uh, and, and Percival was, was fantastic in that role. Uh, three, four times she's making crucial tackles to, to just cut Sykes or the Andrade, um, whoever was coming on her way. Uh, so I think it's just very well negotiated by Gungalin. I think it's uh, the experience of Diego Iglesias and the experience of his team that talks on that one. Uh, and even if Ashley Sykes might be the most talented player we have uh, in the competition this year, uh, it, it takes more than individualities. Sorry, and, and you know, Nicole Beck knows that um, to, to get far in that competition, but it's probably a, a very, very good lesson learned for Olympic. Matt, do you have anything else uh, to, to add on this one uh, before we move on to the final uh, game of round two? Yeah, Gagalan were impressive. Like, like Jeremy said, some great goals. Like, actually, I should I should probably uh, use this moment to apologise. Last week, that was uh, Jay Brown <laughs> that scored that fantastic goal, not Elka Aitalu. So my apologies once again. Um, but yeah, and the terrific goal this week from Gagalan, Pennyfield, Pennyfield's goal, absolute, absolute cracker there. You mentioned the uh, assist from uh, Stella DeMarco. That was absolutely terrific ball. So we're only two matches in and she's already providing some terrific assists for the Gungarland attack. That's always a positive sign. Great team effort from Gungarland. We've seen it from last year. We commentated quite a few matches uh, from them last week, uh, last year, Jeremy. Just very fluid in the way they play. A lot of great rotation there. And you mentioned Percival. And... How important was, and you mentioned how important it was to cut off Ash Sykes. And I think that was very evident from the one time Ash Sykes did get the ball in the box. What did she do? She immediately finished and put it in the back of the in the back of the net. Um, but it's positive to see that they uh, that uh, Diego and um, Alamarin, as well as also assistant coach there, were able to find a way to sort of negate um, Ashley Sykes uh, straight away. Oh, and Michael, just to let you know. It's, um, for for the next time, Ashley Sykes, you kept you kept saying Ashley Skies. Yeah, I think I did that last year as well. 
<laughs> so I'm just letting you know, just because I forgot to say that last week. So now that I remember saying, I'll say it this week. But um, yeah, no, look, very impressive from Olympia. Uh, sorry, from uh, from K- uh, Gungala United, they face Walker next week, like we'll mention very shortly. But Olympic, um, like you said, like you both said, just going to take some time for them to gel. Um, I'm intrigued to see how they play against Belcon United next week because we all know they are in uh, red hot form to say the least. So, Michael, what is our next matchup? Okay, and I'll. Just uh, like to apologize there, obviously. It's Ashley Sykes. There we go. I'll make sure uh, to get that one down pat because, yeah, I, I think I definitely had trouble with that with that one last year. And obviously the the the, um, the narrative has continued on uh, this year. I think you just, you, you look at the last time, like when, you, when you're looking at it and you, you just think skies, but it's Sykes. Okay, so... It's it's no worries at all. We'll make sure. Well, I'll make sure. Not we, because yeah, it don't, was, don't, it don't put us in that yeah. in that, in that ball, Michael. <laughs> no, mate. When one of us go down, we all go down. Yeah. So. <laughs> no. Um, so anyway, moving on to the last game uh, of the round two, uh, it was Tuggeranong United uh, up against Wagga City Wanderers, uh, and Wagga City Wanderers finding the back of the net five times um, through. Uh, so we've got the goal scorers here. Uh, with Groyer, uh, Compos uh, with a with a double, uh, Castle with a double as well, uh, and Cameron uh, scoring the fifth goal, uh, and Photographing United, uh, Terry finding the goal uh, in the eighty sixth minute. Uh, I think my pr- pronunciation would have been pretty decent with that one there. Um, I don't know about I don't know about you guys, but um, obviously it was a it was a comprehensive win uh, for Wagga over Tuggies. Uh, Matt, uh, do you do you want to um, get a? We'll get a start on this game. Obviously, uh, it's a great start. Um, well, a great win. Sorry uh, for Wagga City uh, up against uh, Tug, well, a struggling Tuggeranong United. But nevertheless, you you have to go out there and do a job, and that's exactly what they did. Yeah, they certainly did. And I I commentated this on with Jeremy, and um, I should probably say it was actually once again it's great to see great weather before we hit into that terrible, you know usual uh, horrible weather that we uh, that we associate with football in Canberra at this time of year. But, yeah, it was great weather. And uh, shout-out to the canteen who uh, gave me the last Kransky and it was uh, Stan Mitchell's son. He's like, oh, I was going to save it for, for my dad, but it's all right, I'll sell it to you. So uh, shout-out to him on giving me that uh, last Kransky. Definitely, uh, definitely was a good one. And um, credit to Stan Mitchell. Stan stood him once again as coach for Tugger and United until they find one. Uh, from all accounts, I've been told they're looking, they're not far off one, probably another couple of weeks or even another week. Um, I, I would assume at least a couple more weeks, probably after the um, public holiday. And they should have a coach just narrowing down their options at the moment. So, um, yeah, so look, Tuggering United, they, struck, they started well. Like they kept, um, Jeremy will touch on this shortly, but they kept a good solid shape, which... Um, <coughs> They're going to have to do moving forward, especially against some of the bigger sides. Um, and Jeremy will touch on this also, but I thought Zoe Terry was really good. Uh, Cassandra Gulliaman was really good. And their link-up play together was was fantastic. Um, um, I forgot her name, but uh, one of their attackers, Jeremy will remind me of the name. But she, he was re- Yeah, yeah. Quite a few off times she was offside that match. Um, the only reason why I mentioned it was because it was like five or six offsides and she wasn't happy. Uh, yeah, Strutt um, did a good job officiating that match. But yeah, 
quite a few offsides there, but regardless, it just shows the sort of intensity that she has as a striker, that she's always willing to get into the final, um, trying to get in the final stages there. But yeah, look, Tottenham did the best they could with what they had. And by the time Wagga started clicking in that second half, they had quite a few chances in the first half, didn't complete it. We mentioned at halftime that they that, that'll probably be a big part of the team talk for Sam Gray. And they came out absolutely firing. Grau compost with two goals. Her last one was an absolute beauty. Like I said, we have quite a few between between Slavich's goal for Tottenham United, between uh, Bernabeu Madrid's goal for Gungahlin United and Erica Pennyfield's and this goal here. We've got some fantastic candidates for goal of the week here. So we'll just leave it up to the audience there for that one. But yeah, look, Wagga looked very impressive once they finally started clicking. I was most impressed with uh, Cameron. I thought she was an absolute workhorse in that midfield and she really kept things ticking and good to see that she was rewarded with a goal there at the end. Jeremy, what did you think of this one? being the lead commentator for the match. Yeah, it was a great game. Great to comment it, to comment <coughs> it with you, uh, Matt, on the weekend. Uh, it, it was interesting because last year that was the, the one win the Grenon got, um, 2-0 against Waga City. And you were wondering if this year Waga was going to come and be able to to do better than that because last year they looked like they were more talented than Tergrenong uh, and this year to be honest Tergrenong without disrespecting the team that was there last year looks looks a little bit day and night like there are some real talent uh, you know you mentioned Zoe Terry and, and Melinda Rival up front uh, I think Ashley um, Ashley Leah Condon uh, in the the centre back was really oh, yeah, yeah. good as well, really solid centre back, very good sense of anticipation. You know, main, maybe she wasn't able to do to be as good for ninety minutes, uh, but she still had some very solid moments. And and Sophie Rolf wasn't uh, wasn't too bad in the goalkeeper a couple of times. She's probably a, a few steps uh, too too forward for her on good, but uh, yeah, she looked promising though. Yeah, she did some pretty good save. Uh, I mean, she's she's got experience in NPLW, so you you would expect that. But it, I think the Turgonong team definitely um, looks a bit more promising than last year. Uh, and they were playing without their captain Steph Coates and without their um, lead striker Madi Maji. So uh, with those two girls back, it could be something interesting. Uh, Waga City though is is very good. You know, they lost some some important player um, at the off season, and we've seen Kirili Cameron playing. Um, this weekend, uh, who was everywhere, just just a tireless worker in the midfield. Uh, every time um, Wagasetti was losing the ball, I think she was the one running back and, and recovering it. Uh, excellent job chasing the ball back. I feel bad because Sam called me, Sam Gray, the coach from Wagasetti, called me earlier when I was um, when I was with my son and I forgot to call him back. So I would have had more information if I remember to, to call Sam back. But, uh, but yeah, I'll call, I'll call him before he gets ailed so then I don't get too much slack. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's it was good to see Wagasetti playing. I think, uh, I think they're playing a dangerous game with their high line with the the last defender uh, playing on the line and always waiting for the attackant to come to see if they're going to run behind because against, like we said before, against Ashley Sykes, uh, against Camera Croatia, against um, uh, Gangalin, against Belkonen and, and Kira Bobin, to, to name just her, uh, it's going to be complicated to defend because those teams have the experience necessary to, to counter that plan. So, you know, ho- hopefully, um, hopefully, Sam Gray will, will change his approach when he comes to those games. Uh, but I think it was good to see that the talent is there in the Riverina. We know it, and it's always good to see it being renewed. Uh, obviously, they got um, Christina Grava Campos back to play with them after she played with uh, Canberra Croatia for a year, uh, and she, she proved to be good. Castle is quite 
uh, impressive up front. I think I think we see that they they definitely miss the pace that Tez Vakari uh, brought last season. Um, poor poor Tez Vakari is injured with a, with an ACL, uh, but we've seen the the skills that Piper Lockley have has sorry and and that's unchanged every time she has the ball uh, danger is coming so it'll, it'll be interesting to see how they go there neither of those teams in my opinion right now are on the level of the top four uh, but they could they could create an upset of two uh, especially Waga when they when they play home uh, it's always hard to travel three hours for the for the camera teams all the way down to the Riverina uh, but yeah we'll, we'll see we'll see where that go it was good to see that Togolong is is Getting better that the program is uh, is progressing, even though we for once there was no uh, for the first time sorry there was no Michael Haldred uh, on the bench, uh, but it's it's going to be it's it's just going to make it for a better season I guess. Yeah, I forgot to mention Piper Lockley as well. Yeah, she she can turn players with ease. Like she was doing that quite a few times that match. And yeah, and Zoe Terry was probably the best on field for sure. Tyrone United. She was very impressive. A lot of pace there. Um, so don't be surprised if they maybe even push her forward with whatever, whoever the new coach is, if they look at her and say, oh, her and Gleeman have a great partnership there. We might, you know, move, move uh, Terry a bit, a bit more forward, maybe play on the wing or something like that. And Gleeman a little more in the center, but uh, Michael, <clears throat> uh, we on to the predictions now. Yeah. Let's, let's get into it. The, the fun part of the, of the podcast. Huh? So uh, we've got uh, Canberra Olympic uh, at home to Belconnen United. Uh, this Saturday, uh, April 24th at 10.30. Um, so that's the game that you're going to be at, uh, Jeremy. Is that right? Yeah, I'll be at that game with uh, with Maddie Moore. Uh, beautiful. So I'm going to go uh, for a Belconnen uh, United uh, away win, uh, just sort of piggybacking off uh, their performance uh, against uh, the academy. Uh, I expect them to sort of continue that uh, similar vein in form. So I'm going to go for a Belconnen United away win. Uh, what about you, Matt? Yeah, look, I'm going to say the same as well. Belco just look in too good a form. I, 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 Olympic are going to come. I, I do think they're going to come good. Um, and, and they've shown it. They've shown in the past couple of games how good they can be. Um, yeah, unfortunately for them, they're just running into a side that just looks unstoppable at the moment. So I'm going to say Belconnen. You, Jeremy? I'll, I'll go for a draw just so that I don't have to... <laughs> Do what you guys are doing, and because I'm hoping that it can be a it can be a game that's going to be more interesting than uh, than Belconen doing what they can do. I I'd, I would expect Belconen to to win that game, but uh, but yeah, I guess it's a it's a hopeful tip that um that Camera Olympic can have a, a strong start and then can I guess focus on defending well against Belconen rather than having to uh, to chase the score, which is almost impossible against the Blue Devils. Yeah, look, I don't think it's going to be the same sort of scoreline that we saw the last couple of weeks. I just think, yeah, Belconnen are just too strong at the moment. Uh, but I expect the Olympic to put up a very good performance. And probably uh, you'll they'll show more of their defensive um, capabilities considering who they're up against. Uh, what's the next match, Michael? Uh, we've got uh, CUA Academy looking to bounce back from that Belconnen United defeat um, at home to West Canberra Wanderers. Uh, also, this Saturday, April 24th, 4.20 at Hawker. I am going to go with an academy uh, win uh, to, to bounce back. I think if they channel that performance, uh, which got a lot of praise uh, from the first game uh, of the season against Canberra, Croatia, I think they'll be in good hands. Uh, so I'm going to rely on them to um, go back 
to 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 that sort of performance uh, to get a victory over uh, West Canberra Wanderers. What about yourself? I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a draw on this one. Um, yeah, after yeah after last week against the Bel- I understand it was against Belco. Um, but yeah, Tiana Jabel will be back for West Canberra, so they're going to be a, a more solid defensively than they were against Canberra Croatia. And I think, yeah, I just I, I can see this being a tight matchup. I, I think uh, West Canberra Wanderers are going to rely on their experience with her, Maguire, and um, Stanbury as well. I just think they're going to use their experience, they're going to use it wisely. I think it's going to be a very, very close one. I'm going to go for a draw. You, Jeremy. Uh, I'll go for West Canberra win um, with what we've seen this week from the academy. I'm a bit, um, yeah, I guess I'm a bit doubtful defensively. This was uh, this was poor this weekend, and and I know that everyone makes mistakes and that they can bounce back. But I think um, I think West Canberra is going to use the opportunity of uh, not playing versus such strong team to to be able to get their first win. And I'm sure that um, I'm sure that Emma Stambury will, uh, you know make sure that the whole team knows the importance of winning a game against one of the team that can basically push West Canberra off the top four. Um, so yeah, I'll go for a West Canberra win on this one. We all have a different one. That's a yeah, there we go. That's, that's, a, that's a good one. We had a win, draw and a loss there. So uh, spices it up a little bit, which is good. We'll see if that trend continues into our next game, which is Tuggeranong United at home uh, to Canberra, Croatia. Um I'm going to go for a camera Croatia away win. Uh, simple as that. Uh, Matt, uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, look, it's tough. It's tough not to go with Canberra Croatia. Um, yeah, they Tuggeron still needs some more time to gel. And we don't know whether they're going to have their new coach by then, but even if they do, he wouldn't, he or she wouldn't have had as long, you know, to prepare for their biggest match of the season so far. In that regard, I'm just going to, yeah, I'm going to go for a Canberra Croatia victory here, but expect to see some positive signs from Tuggeron. Uh, in certain aspects of play, like we saw this weekend, you, Jeremy? Yeah, Canberra Croatia. I think it's hard to put that one past them. Um, yeah, I just, I just see a win for the the Jikin Club. So we we all went from being different <laughs> to being the exact same. <laughs> uh, so our final match uh, for round three of NPLW is Wagga City Wanderers up against Gungahlin United. Uh, and is this one being played? On the on the Sunday, yeah, this is one of okay. the matches. Yeah. Okay, all right. Um, just because I know that we talked about before about it being the long weekend, we've had some fixture uh, changes, uh, so I just wanted to clarify that. That's yeah, all good. I yeah. think it's only yeah. these two matches: the Tuggeron okay. United and Canberra Croatia and Wagga and Gungala United. NPL one and NPL yeah. two. I'm playing Sunday. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, so for this encounter, um, I'm going for a Gungala United win, uh, just to go off the back of uh, their performance uh, against Olympic uh, where where they were obviously uh, great. Uh, They've got a great squad there uh, that that will be looking to continue to build, um, you know, a a good push, uh, obviously uh, towards the top of the standings of MPLW up against the likes of Belconnen and and, uh, Canberra, Croatia. Uh, So I'm going to go for a Gungahlin United win uh, away from home. Uh, What about you, Jeremy? Um. Yeah, I'll go for Gungarin win as well. I think uh, I think the experience that Gungarin has um, is going to be hard to match for Waga, even even if Waga is at home and and even if they probably feel confident after that win away from home this weekend. Um, I don't I don't see 
right now, the way Gungalin plays, they're like one of the only teams that is still as good as they were last year because it's basically the same squad. Uh, so right now, I don't see them being beaten until they face either Camera Croatia or Belkonen. So yeah, win for Gungalin. Yeah, I'm going to go the same. Win for Gungalin for me. They looked very impressive last week and uh, against Tagorong as well. Uh, you mentioned the chemistry. That's so key. Uh, but Wagara, I think it'll give them a good fight, especially at home. I'm going to go with the Bengalan United victory. All right. That is us for MPL wrapped up. Jeremy. Thanks, uh, guys. Thank you very much for joining us. More importantly, I hope to see you on in the next week or two again. And uh, anything else you want to say before you go? Um, I'm sure you want to mention something about your Marseille jersey there and uh, how proud you are that no French clubs will be joining this European Super League. let's not let's not kid ourselves the only reason why PSG didn't say yes to the Super League is because the the World Cup is in Qatar in a year and a half and they can't afford to be against FIFA right now PSG would (laughs) definitely be in if the money is in and they want to win their first Champions League as well which which they won't now that now that this story has (laughs) broke even if they win this year we're all going to say that that's because this story broke before and the teams were in focus and whatever happened that star on top of the shirt uh marseille will be the only french team to ever won a a champions league the right way so so that's right against milan yep very impressive sorry for all the other team but yeah friends balconen and uh, (coughs) uh sorry friends balconen and marseille today now thanks for thanks for having me guys looking forward to the to the games this weekend and, and looking forward to hearing the the whole podcast when it's said thank you thanks again jeremy thanks guys always great to have jeremy back on the show now michael into uh one of the fan favorite sections it's it's safe to say of the podcast uh, the mpl2 section what is our first matchup yeah i mean you you touched on it there matt i think uh everyone seems to love the mpl2 uh content at the moment um, seems to be sparking uh, the viewership uh, numbers. So we can only say that um, we appreciate all the love that we've and support that we've received so far for the MPL2 competition. It's obviously been a fantastic uh, competition uh, provided by all the teams so far. So we can only hope that is said to uh, continue uh, for games now and, and going forward. So, I mean, to kick us off, we had O'Connor Knights put five past uh, Ugali. Uh, with O'Rourke finding the back of the net twice, James Ward, McCarron and Glover getting on the score sheet for the Knights. Uh, It was obviously a very uh, impressive victory for O'Connor to build off uh, the run of uh, performances and results to begin uh, the season. Um, It was obviously, it it was only 1-0 in the first half uh, with Yulgali actually presenting a very good challenge controlling uh, pieces of play, but Matt, Ultimately, O'Connor Knight's uh, quality and talent uh, really shone through. And that's uh, why we ended up uh, getting the 5 0 end scoreline. So, Matt, a great performance by O'Connor. They continue to build on their stock and their desire to reach NPL 1, even though we're only uh, two games in. They look very good at the moment, don't they? Look, they certainly do. And, uh, at the moment, they are between them and uh, them and Queenbian and ANU as well. Hmm. And as well, I, 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 I should just say most most teams that have gotten a yeah. win or a draw this year because everyone's looked everyone at times has looked very very impressive in MPL too. It's just yep. fantastic. But in terms of attacking capabilities between them and and um, 
Queanbeyan City in the first two games. I know I knew one four nil as well, but they did play White Eagles to be fair than the first match. So uh, not a lot of room. Uh, Steve Forshaw doesn't give give anyone really a lot of room for uh, goals there. Um, but yeah, they look very very strong. I mean, five nil against a team that was like one of the best teams last year by far um, is very very impressive. James Ward again second. Uh, the new signing there with two goals on the on, on, on the score sheet in two rounds. Uh, very good for him. McCarran, very experienced player at this level. Um, was, it, was it O'Rourke with two goals or was it James Ward with two? No, sorry. I meant two goals over like over two matches. Like he scored right, yes. last week and he scored this yes, week. Yes, okay. Yep. And he yep. only scored, he only signed uh, not long uh, before the deadline. Um, yeah, so apologies. good to see that for James Ward. Um, in terms of Ugali though, um, yeah, they played better in the first half than they did in the second half. When it comes to them traveling this year, um, yeah, it's going to be a little difficult, especially to start the season. Like we mentioned last week, they're not as fit because they haven't, they're not, and when I mean not as fit, I mean in terms of match fitness, they haven't had the same amount of friendly matches everyone else has. And you saw that on their Facebook page um, due to their location. So it's going to take a couple of rounds for them to get sorted um, in that regard. But we saw glimpses of it, especially in the first half there. Uh, the way they play, um, their you know their great one-two passing between each other. O- O'Connor didn't play their best. They'll be the first. <laughs> I'm sure they'll be the first to admit it in the first half. They didn't play. They would uh, probably a bit of sloppy play from uh, their own standards. But geez, they came out in the second half absolutely roaring, didn't they? Four goals in that second half. And um, you wouldn't want to verse them at the moment if you were anyone else in MPL two. And we all know their defensive capabilities. Uh, they've kept a clean sheet in both their matches. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think any other team has kept a clean sheet besides them this season. So um, very, very impressive in both those match in both the matches so far. And yeah, the O'Connor faithful will just be very happy. And let's be honest, this is great momentum for them heading up to the uh, the big derby this weekend against White Eagles, which everybody. Always looks forward to on the MPL2 calendar. What do you think of this one, Michael, before we move on? I think uh, to talk about that matchup uh, next week, uh, it's going to be absolutely fantastic. O'Connor up against uh, White Eagles. So we can't wait to see what the outcome of that one's going to be because it's going to be fireworks. Obviously, the historical rivalry rivalry attached uh, to this uh, fixture is one that is decorated around uh, Canberra football. Uh, So it's going to be... You know, we're going to see a lot of fans out in full force for that one. So I can't wait for that. Obviously, O'Connor have been uh, fantastic to start the season. And Matt, I think that's only just going to uh, continue. And thankfully, uh, we've got a cracking game uh, next week that we'll uh, predict in a little bit more time. Well, we certainly will. And um, But regardless, very impressive to beat uh, last year's finalists 5-0. Um, but in terms of Ugali, they move on to Wagga next week and both sides... Um, even though Ugali won in the first round, both sides will be looking for a bounce back victory after this week. And that segues into our next one as Wagga were defeated by ANU 4 0. Uh, Peterkin, um, no, uh, that's, um, yeah, that's a familiar name to the score sheets there for ANU. Scored a goal. Carter's scored two goals and Ellis with the other goal for ANU. All around impressive performance for ANU, wouldn't you say, uh, Michael? Yeah, uh, they managed to control. Uh, play from the from the majority uh, of the game, uh, which is something that they do really well. We're all accustomed to, accustomed to seeing it from ANU. From all accounts, they could have scored more. In doing so, uh, they could have 
uh, put the game uh, to bed a lot earlier than what they did. Uh, this is common. This is a common theme uh, throughout uh, the beginning of the season. A clean sheet, uh, as well as also a, a plus uh, for uh, ANU. Um, they set themselves up well for what should be a scintillating uh, match against Queanbeyan City this weekend. So I think we touched on it just before there. There seems to be some cracking round three matches that we're about to get into. So we'll leave it for then. I mean, on the flip side, another bad day at the office for Wagga City Wanderers. Once again, they are in a transition period that we've touched on before. They'll find it difficult over the next uh, couple of rounds to find a decent enough formula where the players can start playing with one another that will bring results. You can expect them, uh, though, that they won't that they won't give up uh, like they did with their FFA Cup uh, performance against uh, Brindis, uh, for, as an as an example of that. They face a Ugali side uh, in the Riverina derby. Uh, this weekend, so I mean, an, another great match in um in MPL two. This is a good weekend uh, to actually watch uh, some MPL two action. You got some fantastic games for round three MPL two, and you got the long weekend as well. I mean, it doesn't really get much better than that, does it? It certainly doesn't. And um, yeah, uh, just to touch upon that quickly, a new. You can see they're starting to really, you know, gain. I know it's only been two rounds, but you, if you saw them in preseason, they beat West Canberra Wanderers, I think, in preseason. Um, they 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 put up a good showing against Manara as well. Conda Padera is building a really good side there, but I, I do think you'll got if, if you're impressed with ANU now, I do think you're going to see the best of ANU, you know, later on in the season once they start hit when they hit the you know the 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 middle of the season. Uh, they had more players um, return this match than they did against White Eagles. It was good for them to get a clean sheet. I think that's important to show their defensive capabilities, especially uh, going up against a side like Queen City, which we all know have amazing amount of firepower like we're going to touch on shortly. Um, but yeah, in terms, of, in terms of Wagga City Wanderers, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's still going to take them a couple of games to, to get into the groove of things, um, considering the massive amounts of change. But... Uh, good to see. I think I saw on the um, their keeper Fry was on the team sheet. <coughs> he he made a return, so that's good um, for Wagga City Wanderers. But they do have the positives to look forward to. Like example, for example, their quarterfinal matchup in the FFA Cup. All right, Michael. The next matchup, the Brindies uh, were in action um, at Corwell against White Eagles. They lost five to McCarthy Sandtrack. Reese with two goals and Maxwell for White Eagles and Schaefer again uh, with a goal for Brindabella and Leonard with the other goal. Michael, what happened to this one? Pretty open game from all accounts, Matt, uh, down in Colwell, as you touched on uh, at Open Park. White Eagles took the early lead and doubled it in the first half while the Brindies uh, fought back and made it a competitive first half. White Eagles kicked back into gear for, for the second half. Uh, they pushed... Brindabella back quite a bit, forcing some defensive errors, which resulted in some goals for them. White Eagles, what they did well was, uh, you know, for a good portion of the game, they were able to isolate Schaefer and Lawrence, uh, especially in the second half. Overall, the Eagles looked very good in the second half. It is the sort of momentum they would have wanted, um, you know, heading into uh, a tough game that we'll touch on a bit later. Uh, for the round three fixtures. Uh, I think it's worth noting that coach, uh, Brindy's coach, uh, Zoran Glavinich, uh, was away this week and will be back in the dugout next week. So I think 
Ritter Bell obviously missed his presence there on the sideline to really uh, steer that team forward. Um, you know, they, they continue to show their attacking capabilities even when they don't play as well as, say, what they did in the Queen Bean game. Um, but I, I, I'm sure, and I'm sure you're sure as well, that working on their uh, defensive side of the game uh, will help them uh, move forward because we know how much of a threat they can be going forward. We've seen it uh, in the FFA Cup. Uh, and other games as well that they're able to put the ball in the back of the net, but like we always say, with a good, with a successful side, it always starts from the back. You have to be as solid as you are at the back as you are up front. You can't just be a solid side up front and that not be replicated in on the defensive side of the field because you're going to get figured out. So once they figure that side out of their game and develop that, they'll become more of a established outfit and a lot more tougher to beat. Uh, Matt, what were your um, sort of takeaways uh, in this game, if you have uh, any before we move on. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, you pretty much hit the nail of the head. It was uh, pretty open. Um, White Eagles uh, had quite a few chances. They really pushed uh, Brindies. Like I heard a few of their goals um, were sort of uh, capitalised off some Brindies mistakes, which meant that they, were, they pressed quite high and with quite a lot of intensity, White Eagles. But Brindies attacked quite well as well from what I heard. And you mentioned it there how great they are going forward. And I do think that will, I know they haven't, um, they didn't play as well this match. Like you said, they played against Queenbian. But I do think their attacking capabilities will reap rewards for them very soon. Um, but yeah, White Eagles, I think this is an important win for them. I know last week, obviously, was always going to be a tough matchup, pretty even against ANU. But like you said, they need a win heading into, they needed a win heading into um, O'Connor on the weekend. Um, so yeah, it's, both sides uh, seem very good attacking wise and they'll both be uh, disappointed to concede the, the goals that they did. And we all know Steve Forshaw, he likes to keep a good defense. He'll be disappointed to lead, let him too. Um, and I'm sure when Zoran hears back, he'll um, be disappointed to hear like a few of the goals were made off uh, where some, uh, like one of them was a tap in off, uh, you know, defensive mistakes. So, uh, both uh, stuff for both teams to work on, but I think they're both, uh, going to have some really good results this season. All right, Michael, what's our next matchup? So our last matchup of round two for MPL two was Western Malongolo up against Queanbeyan City. Queanbeyan City proving to be too strong for the home outfit, winning five one. Uh, goals to Adams, uh, two for Furrier. Yeah, yeah. Am I that right. We apologize if that's wrong. <laughs> that that that's a that's another difficult surname. I'm I'm really having trouble with these surnames. Um, I might need. It's a conspiracy. Yeah, a bit, I'm accidentally a bit, putting you on the practice. I might need to have a chat to Russ, uh, so he can give me a, a few tips. Um, so he he scored a double. Uh, Shields and Nevesky also getting on the score sheet. Uh, and Western Malongolo, uh, Delahi, uh, scoring uh, for the hosts. Uh, very dominant. Uh, from Queanbeyan, we touched on how great they're looking in their bid to look to gain promotion to MPL 1. Granted, it's only been two games in, but they're looking very, very good under coach Gabby Wilk. Uh, how did you say this one, uh, Matt? Because you went and saw uh, this game, is that correct? Yeah, I, I, I did. And I'll tell you what, Queanbeyan, with all due respect to West Western Mongolo, they could have scored 10. I mean, they were just on fire. The first, I think it was something like the first 10 minutes they scored two goals. 
and they just looked deadly every time they went forward with a lot of pace. Um, and even the players and the players that came off the bench also made an impact. Like Noveski uh, scored coming off the bench. He did very well. Shields, of course, always has been a stalwart in this uh, this city for a long time. He also played very well. I just, yeah, just Queenbian have to be one of the favourites to get promoted. I know it's only the start of the season, but the way they're attacking so far, and they don't seem to care when they concede because they always know that they can score. And you mentioned how you need to be strong at the back moving forward. But if you can score, if you can outscore the team, if there's one team that can outscore a team in this competition, it's 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 Queenbian so, uh, so far. Um, who knows what can happen moving forward. But yeah, uh, they look frightening going forward. And it was just a tough day at the office for Western Malonglo. I mean, they tried to keep it tight, stop Queenbian in the tracks. Naturally, that's the way you're going to approach the game. But yeah, um, all you need is just one misstep, one mistimed uh, uh, attempt at a tackle and Queenbian will be in behind your defence. Uh, positives for Western Malonglo, though, their goal was a very good one. They counterattacked and um, Delali, who scored, that was a terrific solo effort. He just, from more than halfway, ran it, great speed, put it in the back of the net. Um, but yeah, in terms of Western Malonglo, in terms of Western Malonglo, uh, they're still missing their new signing, Paketi Manda. He only played, I think, half an hour or something like that against Ugali. He didn't play this match. I don't think he's available next match as well. He's injured um, still. So he they signed him for West Campbell Wanderers, I believe. And Ned Jeans, their coach, speaks of him very highly. He thinks he's going to be a great asset to this league. He's got great pace, can score a lot of goals. So uh, they'll be ready. To, they'll be looking to get him back in the mix, but I don't think he'll be available next week. Um, and that's that's key for Western Malongolo because we all know, uh, despite this match, we all know they can keep a good defensive, uh, put on a good defensive performance. But one thing they struggle to do is put away their chances and also create chances sometimes. They didn't create too many chances to be fair to them this match. Um, I know they created more against Ugali. I did hear that and I did see it on the live stream. Uh, this match, they didn't create too many, but that's been one of their issues last season. They weren't allowed, they weren't able to put too many goals in the back of the net. Um, so Paketi Manda, when he comes, he's going to be a really good asset for them. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, until he comes back, um, Western Malonglo, just, uh, they're going to have to keep it tight and uh, continue and continue their defensive displays. And, but in general though, they have a great uh, fighting spirit within that side. It's going to be an interesting matchup against the Brindies because we all know the Brindies don't have that great a defensive capability at the moment anyway, and we all know Western Malongolo can. Uh, Brindies, though, have so far scored quite a, uh, quite a lot of goals compared to Western Malongolo, so it's going to be interesting. A uh, bit of a contrast there between both sides. Uh, but Queen Mid City, I've said it several times, but they were just so impressive on the weekend. And they're going to face ANU, so <laughs> let's, let, let's just get straight into that, shall we? We're, let's get into the predictions because it's going to be an interesting weekend. Very, very good matchups here, Michael. Let's start Absolutely. with the Riverina Derby, which we've branded the Riverina Derby. I'm not sure if it's actually called the Riverina Derby, but last year we branded it as that, and that's what we're going to call it. Riverina yeah, Derby. With it. You, Riverina Derby, Ugali against Wagga City Wanderers. Wagga City Wanderers are the home side. Saturday, April 24th, 2.15 at Gissing Oval in Wagga. I'm going to go for a Ugali victory. I know the majority of their players will be traveling for this match. Uh, from what I've been told, it's only 45 minutes up the road for them. And... Yeah, Wagga, I still think it's going to take some time for them to find their feet and Ugali will be raring to go after. They're not used to losing 
Uh, they're not used to losing 5-0. Uh, that's for sure, especially how they performed last season. And same as Wagga as well. They're not used to losing 4-0 uh, after last year. So both teams, I think, have a statement to prove. But I think Ugali's quality just uh, and, and the retention of the majority of their squad, I think that's going to be key for them in this one. I'm going to go for a Ugali victory. Michael? Yeah, I, I'm actually going to steer towards a draw uh, for this Riverina derby just for the sake of being different and that I can see it being a cagey affair. It's a derby. There's yeah. a lot at stake. You want bragging rights. So just on that basis alone, um, I'm going to say it's going to be a, a cagey affair. I don't think any side will break out uh, and really encapsulate sort of any type of big advantage. So I think it'll be a tight game and I can see it ending in a stalemate. I agree with that. Or in I a agree. draw, sorry. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I agree with the, I agree with the tight game. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if it is a draw. Um, or even if Walker pick up the victory, because at the end of the day, it is a derby. Mm-hmm. Anything can happen in a derby. Exactly. Um. All right, let's move on. Western Malonglo against the Brindies, Brindabella Blues, uh, Saturday, April twenty fourth, two fifteen at Woden Park, enclosed. I'm gonna go for a Brindabella victory here. Um, mostly based on the fact that, from what I've heard, they've created quite. A, a big number of opportunities. Scapers already scored three goals so far, so they look really good going forward. Um, I think this could be a this could be a high, uh, this could be a matchup that um, is very pleasing on the eye. I think Western Malongolo are going to uh, they're going to be more defensive, but I do think they're going to push forward more than they have in the previous games. Uh, they're going to see this as a good opportunity for them to get some points on the board. <clears throat> But I'm going to go for a Brindabella victory. I just think they have more uh, they have more potential goal scorers um, in that squad at the moment um, from any sort of position. Schaefer, like I said, has looked really, really good. He scored three goals um, in the opening two matches so far. And they've just created more opportunities so far this season than Western Malongolo have. Michael? Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I'm going for a Brindabella Blues win. And I guess now that we've got sort of your prediction... Ian, how does your brother feel about you tipping against uh, his team? Well, let's just leave it this way. Uh, as you know, I've talked to you about this before. I'm yeah. a Juventus fan. He's an Inter fan. So I'm, I'm, sure, he's, too. I'm sure he's pretty used to it by this point. Yeah. <laughs> Is it just the opposite? It's always <laughs> the opposite. Yeah, 100%. All right, moving on. We've got O'Connor Knights against Canberra White Eagles, Saturday, April 24th, 3 p.m. at Kayleen in close. This is going to be an absolute cracker, Michael. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, as, as we all know, between uh, O'Connor and White Eagles. Look, I'm going to go for an o- It's going to be very cagey, very tight, very close, but I'm going to go for an O'Connor victory here. I just think both their wins give them really good momentum heading in. They're in red-hot form. And they and we all know um, of White Eagles defensive capabilities, but let's not forget O'Connor are the only team to you know keep a clean sheet so far this um, this campaign. And we've seen over the preseason and the first two games they've improved a lot defensively. And I think that's gonna just edge just edge out the uh, the competition. But and we all know they can uh, do a lot of damage going forward. It's going to be very close, but I'm going for an O'Connor victory. You, Michael? Yeah, I'm going to go for O'Connor Knights win. Uh, as well, I think, like you said, it's going to be a very tight game. Won't be much separated, even though we've talked about how good O'Connor have been so far this season. I mean, 
I talked about before about the uh the the derby uh that's that's attached uh to this and the uh you know the the meaning of this of this fixture um historically um you know you've got the Croatian club up, up against the Serbian club so um you you want bragging rights um if you're a part of those teams um you know you you definitely want um you definitely want to be winning those ones. I remember being a part of those games when I played for White Eagles. Uh, and you just talk about it within not only the playing group, but the supporters as well and how much they want to win that game and how much you want to come home with the three points. But in this instance, based on what we've seen so far this season, I think O'Connor's just got that slight bit uh, more quality. They've been excellent going forward. And like you touched on, they haven't conceded a goal this year so far. I think we could possibly see that uh, streak broken by White Eagles uh, this weekend. I think that they could get on the score sheet. But I think overall, I think O'Connor is still going to edge this one. Okay, next one uh, has to be one of the harder ones. i got to say yeah. to predict. Queen City ANU, Saturday, April 24th, 5.30 at High Street. Um, or High Street, but it could be... Riverside. I was I was told it could be Riverside because yeah. I think they've started to <clears throat> do the second batch of um, ripping up of the oval since it was only laid newly last year. I know weird timing, but yeah. it, it is the council. Let's not forget. And sometimes councils, <laughs> sometimes councils, doesn't matter where you are, Queen and Canberra, don't you know? Uh, yeah, don't have the best communication in that regard. But um, yeah. yeah, look. This is a very hard one to predict. It could go anyway. Uh, Queen Mew could win, ANU could win, it could be a draw. I'm going to sit on the fence for this one because Queen Bian, we all know their firepower. We've mentioned it and how impressive they've looked. ANU know how to control a game, though, and they are better defensively than Queen Bian City. Uh, they've only conceded one goal, um, yeah, compared to Queen Bian City conceding three. But Brindis did have, I was told they did have a lot more chances against Queen Bian um, <clears throat> than Western Malonglo did. So, yeah, I'm going to go for a draw. I'm going to sit on the fence on this one because this match has plenty of different capabilities. Michael? I think you raised some fantastic points there. And I think like the other games that this round is providing, they're all pretty hard to pick, to be honest. All very tight. Should be. All very tight. So I can't really blame myself or you <sighs> if we have another shocking tipping week. Because <laughs> um, this one will be a little more justified. It seems like at the moment NPL one seems to be our shockers. Yeah, yeah. I just mean, I just mean, yeah. Yeah, In general, that was to happen here, (laughs) but um, at least the games are tight, so I wouldn't be too hard on myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to go for a Queanbeyan City win. Uh, Being at home, uh, wherever that is, whether that's at High Street or if they end up playing at Riverside, there, uh, I think what they've showcased so far is the attacking firepower that uh, that that they've got. Um, they're fantastic going forward. Uh, Gabby Wilk, we know, is traditionally an attack-minded manager. Uh, well, I've touched on it before that he typically just outscores um, his his opponent. Um, I think he's not known too fondly of having amazing defensively uh, sounded teams, but in saying that, his sides at Kuma and now, uh, even though it's been a short Sample size at Queanbeyan City, they've proved to be excellent attacking teams that always look to go forward, always looking to create chances and play entertaining football. So I think that's going to 
be the real factor in this one. We talk, You touched on the organization there of ANU and how well-structured they are um, and how good they are defensively as well, only conceding the one goal so far. But I see that that uh, being tested to a high level by Crimean City's attacking firepower. And I think that's going to eventually shine through uh, and see them get the win uh, on Saturday. So I'm going to go for a Queanbeyan win. It's going to be interesting to see how ANU set up against Crimean City, that's for sure. Michael, thank you very much. Another fantastic show. Yep. Uh, like I mentioned several times, we like to go in depth, give everyone their um, give everyone their fair due here on the show. Thank you very much. We'll be back with episode 25 next week.